Happy Friday, my green, pink, bluish, grayish, furry friends. Welcome characters of all shapes and sizes and levels of uh, decay. Thank you for joining us for our first real episode of Lore Candy, a World of Warcraft podcast that aims to make your playtime more enjoyable because you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and who you're doing it with. I think Friday is probably the day that this podcast is going to be uh, coming out. I know that that's uh, you know me gearing up for the weekend. That's when I do most of my WoW playing. So figured that would uh, keep this lore fresh in your mind and make it a little bit better. So I wanted to start off this podcast with a little bit of background on me and how I got into the World of Warcraft uh, universe. My very first experience with Warcraft was when I was a little kid, maybe four or five years old. I remember my dad playing Warcraft 2 on our old computer, and I thought that was the coolest game I had ever seen. Trolls were throwing axes, things were exploding, all the little green guys said things like Jug Jug and Loktar, and if you clicked them enough, stop judging me, which was fantastic, the humor of which went over my uh, little four-year-old head. It was great, and of course back then I, I had no idea what any of the story was or where, what the game was even about. I just thought it looked cool. The first Warcraft game I really played all the way through was Warcraft 3. I remember playing the demo before, before it ever came out. And at that point, you were just thrall, you know, following Medivh around, but I still loved it because those were the best graphics I had ever seen at the time, believe it or not. I played just hours and hours of that, and I loved every minute of it. And that's when I was introduced to names like Grom Hellscream and Illidan Stormrage, two, of course, amazing characters that we will definitely unwrap sometime on this show. I started to get a feel for all the magic and intrigue and death and undeath and fantastic overarching plots that make the game so amazing for me, and just continues to draw me in expansion after expansion. When World of Warcraft was first announced, I just about peed my pants. I was so excited to actually, you know, get to play as my own person in the universe. Was uh, just such a great idea just such a just such a cool prospect i i couldn't wait i played that thing to death even if i <laughs> even if i didn't play very well honestly i think i got to level 15 or something on a dwarf paladin and and stopped um but i did pick it up again a few months later uh, and this kind of continued off and on all the way through the current expansion battle for azeroth honestly is the first time i've ever had a max level character and i i really do love it i play just about every day my wife and my brother they play as well, and I like socializing with my, my guildmates and even the, the randoms that come on in. Classic just released. It's a lot more uh, random heavy with uh, trying to group up because you're not Superman anymore. Trying to uh, kill all these kill these mobs that come around. My, my experience with it, I think, is so much better because I had that background in the lore and, and I understand exactly why Sylvanas is all banshee queened up and why the Naga are weird fish people. I, I want to do this podcast so that everyone can have the same experience that I enjoy so much. So this week we're going to start off with the first war, the thing that was covered in the very first Warcraft RTS game. Uh, so without further delay, let's unwrap the first war. Alright, so to start off our tale, we need to have a little bit of background. At this point, humans are pretty much the dominant race on Azeroth in the, in the Warcraft timeline. There are gnomes and dwarves and trolls and tauren and night elves, but we haven't really seen them yet. It's pretty much just the humans right now. Also, there isn't really an alliance or horde. The races that will later make up the alliance as we know it today are largely separate, and even the human kingdoms are split from one another. 
Now that being said, everyone lives pretty much peacefully, minus you know, of course, the minor squabbles here and here and there, you know, that inevitably crop up. Now it's right around this time a pretty important character comes into being. The sorceress Agewin comes into the human capital and seduces one of the court conjurers, essentially the the mages of the city there. Now, Aedwin was the guardian of Azeroth for a time, essentially the person whose job it was to keep the planet safe from any and all outside threats. So she hooks up with this conjurer guy, because apparently Aedwin will bang the first guy she sees with some magical mojo. Uh, we don't even know the father's name, but we do know the name of their kid. His name is Medivh. And Medivh is one of the most important people in the entire Warcraft universe. I mean, without him, we pretty much don't have Warcraft, but we'll get into that. Around the same time, another really important guy is born, Lane Rin. The Rins end up being the leaders of the humans, and later the Alliance as a whole. So we'll pay close attention to this dude too. Now, back to Medivh. Sometime prior to the beginning of the First War, Medivh reaches what they call the Age of Ascension, essentially when a mage's powers start to come in full. Medivh, around this time, starts to have some crazy nightmares, and like any good kid, goes to his dad to try and find out what's going on. While he's talking with his dad, Medivh has an evilgasm, uh, even though we really didn't know what that was yet. Uh, basically, Medivh explodes with magical energy, killing his father in the process. Now, the court attendants call over the clerics from Northshire Abbey, and it takes a hundred of these guys just to get Medivh under control. So what we find out later is that this event is actually the Titan Sargeras awakening in Medivh, and the cleric's magic actually binds Sargeras into Medivh essentially making them one. Now, all you need to know about Sargeras for now is that he is the big bad of the Warcraft universe as we now know it, the leader of the Burning Legion, and he wants to destroy Azeroth, which we are not cool with because we enjoy living. So after this event, Medivh falls unconscious, and depending on your source, this coma lasts for anywhere between 6 and 20 years. The point is, it's been a long time. And Sargeras has had quite a while to get everything in order to try and destroy Azeroth. Sargeras has been working with someone else, an orc by the name of Gul'dan, on the planet Draenor. Gul'dan is really important too, but just for now know that Gul'dan is a warlock obsessed with power. Gul'dan has been looking for a new home for the orcs for a while now because their planet is dying, and he receives a vision from Medivh of Azeroth. Gul'dan figures this would be a pretty good place to live, so he begins working on opening a portal there. Medivh helps him out with opening this gateway, and we now know that gateway as the Dark Portal. This portal ends up being open in what was known as the Black Morass, later called the Blasted Lands, which is south of the Swamp of Sorrows in the Eastern Kingdoms. And we can still visit there in-game today if you want to. The area used to be fairly nice and green and jungly, but the magics that open the Dark Portal turn that place into pretty much just a, like a Mars-looking desert. Now, as a note for what's coming up, when I say Stormwind, I'm talking about the city. The whole of the humans used to be called the Kingdom of Stormwind. So just know when I say Stormwind, I'm talking about the human capital. Now, the war starts out with Anduin Lothar and a team of knights scouting out the Black Morass. Anduin was one of Lane Rin's best friends and a great warrior. So Lane, of course, being the king of Stormwind, when weird stuff starts happening around the Black Morass, of course, Anduin was sent to find out what was going on. The first few battles really don't go great for the humans. These orcs that have now come in through this portal are much stronger and more warlike than the humans. They kick the humans' trash so quick, Anduin doesn't even find the Dark Portal before being forced to retreat. So after these first few victories, the orcs start raiding human villages. They get a little bit, uh, a little bit overconfident. 
The humans aren't huge fans of this, and figure if they can't beat the orcs in brute strength, then they'll beat them with superior planning and intelligence. The humans figure out the routes of these orcish raiding parties and begin to ambush them along the trails, a tactic that the orcs really are not used to. Orcs fight head-on, not with hit-and-run skirmishes, so this really throws them off. Even so, the orcs continue pushing further into Azeroth. Another important character comes into play here, an orc by the name of Orgrim Doomhammer. Orgrim was one of the most prominent chieftains in the orc clans, and continues to be a leader in this first war with the humans. He devises the clever plan of attacking the humans at their main training base. So he and a party of orcs do so, and burn that thing to the ground, making it real hard for the humans now to support or even train any more troops for the fight against the orcs. These smaller battles continue for about three years after the Dark Portal opens. Uh, eventually, the orcs get brave enough to strike at the human capital of Stormwind. The orcs are expecting a, a pretty easy victory, because the humans are all pink and squishy, but instead the orcs get their green butts handed to them, and Stormwind prevails. Now, this really pisses off most of the orcs that are now on Azeroth, who feel like this war really should have been wrapped up and done with already. Enter an orc named Blackhand, another clan leader and very well-respected orc among uh, the orcs. He proposes all the Orcish clans unite under the banner of the Horde, and this is where the Horde really begins to be a cohesive unit rather than a bunch of separate clans with, you know, loosely similar objectives. This seems like a really good thing for the Orcs, and, and in a way it is, but we find out later that Gul'dan is basically puppeting Blackhand to get the clans to do what he wants. What Gul'dan is really after is the Tomb of Sargeras, a place of crazy huge power on Azeroth, he is shown that this place exists by Medivh in another one of those visions that showed Gul'dan Azeroth existed in the first place. So Gul'dan wants to find it and take that power for himself by any means necessary. And if that includes uniting the clans to start the Horde, then Gul'dan is okay with that. Gul'dan gets real greedy at this point and decides that the best way to get this over with is to bring way more orcs into Azeroth. If you've seen the Warcraft movie, Gul'dan figures the best way to do this is to sacrifice a bunch of people and shove every orc he can through that portal. Now, these orcs end up destroying the human towns of Northshire, Moonbrook, and Goldshire. And honestly, if you've been on a high pop realm in Goldshire anytime recently and seen what goes on in that tavern, you would burn it down too. Right about this time, Anduin Lothar clues in on what is going on with Medivh and his connection to everything that's been going on. So Anduin talks to Cadgar who is Medivh's apprentice at the time, and they decide the best course of action is to actually kill Medivh. So, long story short, they have a big fight, and Cadgar ends up stabbing Medivh right through the chest. Good job, Cadgar. This is a problem for Gul'dan, who at the time Medivh was killed was searching through Medivh's head to find the tomb of Sargeras, so when Medivh dies, Gul'dan falls into a coma. Lots of magical people in comas in this game. Right about this time, Orgrim Doomhammer takes control of the Orcus clans by killing Blackhand. Some sources say it was in ritual combat, right? A makara, as the orcs call it. Some sources say it was a sneak attack. Either way, it was a massive betrayal by Orgrim and a pretty big deal. Orgrim decides to attack Stormwind again, with him as the leader now. This time, they actually win the fight and Stormwind falls, not in any small part, due to the fact that Garona Half-Orkin, one of the Gul'dan's associates, kills King Rin. Now, Anduin Lothar, incredibly distraught, but knowing he's got to save Azeroth's races somehow, flees north and eventually settles Lordaeron, where a whole lot more good stuff takes place in the coming years. 
And that is it for the first war. Green dudes attack the planet, destroy some cities, probably eat a few gnomes, and the humans head north to start over. If you liked this episode, go ahead and give it a rating and review wherever you listen. It helps more people see us and join in. Next week we'll cover something new, maybe the second war, maybe not. Send in any suggestions to lorecandypod at gmail.com. In any case, come back next week for some more lore candy. It's candy for your nerdy little mind. Thank you.